I don't think anybody can sort of preempt and plan for such multiple black swan events hitting across their operation. It's not an easy scenario to plan and preempt. However, one thing to be fair to the mining industry is mining industry is better than some of the other industries in terms of anticipating what disruptions are going to be there. And I remember when someone said, you know, when we were dealing with 15, 16 operations, the general rule is that something goes wrong in one operation generally all the time. So you've got to plan for, say, one or two operations being out every now and again. But there are some lessons to be learned from this pandemic, except that it's not often that you come across this, because what has caught people unawares is the scale of the pandemic and the duration and the endurance of this pandemic and how widespread that impact can be. And I think that's the bit which has actually shaken everyone. And we are still going through what might be a second wave and who knows if there's going to be a third wave that's going to come. What this will do, in my view, will put greater focus on areas that were probably looked at, but now with probably sufficient weightage. That may include things like this. What is the integrity of your portfolio and your ability to withstand such events? That's going to be a matter of big focus. The robustness of your fundamental drivers in the business. These are all your physical and your financial metrics. The area where which is going to receive a lot of focus is flexibility around operational flexibility. Is your asset reliable? Can it cope with these changes? Your financial flexibility and the headroom you have. The whole planning and execution function is going to come under the spotlight. And you're going to see boardrooms insisting on far greater stress testing of plans and projections. That's going to come. And I think it's a given. So it's not going to be a quick business planning exercise. It's going to be far more detailed. But there may be some opportunities here. To give you an example, diversification. I think companies increasingly will be looking at where do I diversify my sources of supply? What are the logistics opportunities I have? And is there a way we can tweak the portfolio? Care and maintenance is another area where people can be blindsided. It's not easy to put something on care and maintenance and take it out. Again, I'm talking on personal experience. It comes at a huge cost. There's a security impact and restarting is not always easy. But this may present us, the whole scenario we've been through may present us with some opportunities. I think organizations will start to look at the organizational structure. I don't think mining companies generally empower people enough who are actually operating on the ground. And it'll be amazing when travel is cut to see how operations can actually perform even better than with what I would call corporate office interference. Governance is important, but sometimes people shine better with empowerment and one needs to innovate more. And I think this is going to bring innovation to the forefront. We are talking about capital allocation, but we are not spending enough time on how do you generate more capital from within the business by innovating and here tying up with some of the OEMs will give you some phenomenal opportunities here. What is going to be certain in any boardroom here is they are not going to go with one scenario. I think uncertainty and volatility is going to be the motto of the day. And that's going to be at least for the near term. And it requires an element of level-headedness to actually navigate through this. Finally, I think, again, I like to look at both sides of the equation. We are all wiser after the event. But what we should be mindful here is that we don't overreact to it and we end up going overboard. Then you may end up killing some very good projects and good business opportunities when they stare you at your face. So we just need to get this balance right. I think what is important, Bernard, is companies don't go out of business for carrying less debt. I think that's the fundamental promise. You need to have an element of flexibility because you don't know what is going to come at you. A prudent leverage is one and a half times net debt EBITDA, but you've got to ensure 
that your EBITDA translates into cash flow relatively easily rather than lots of amounts going away there because when any problem hits you, you need to be able to adapt. What I'm not fond of is companies that pay dividends and issue equity at the same time. I think that's just playing financial games. That's not the correct way to manage your balance sheet. And for me, the true test on your balance sheet strength is can you run through the cycle without diluting your shareholders? What is that leverage that gives you that comfort? And I believe one and a half times through the cycle would enable you to do that because the last thing you want to do is to dilute because that thing stays with you forever. Diluting shareholders is not something that the investment community likes. So in that regard, one has to be quite careful. And one and a half times leverage through the cycle is a good one. But I take your point, Bernard. You just don't know where you are in the cycle. Uh, mm -hmm. You know Williams very well, good friend of ours. He says, I can tell you the gold price will go up and it'll come down. I can't tell you when and in what order. 